Hi, and welcome to the Living Room Scripture Lessons. My name is Brad Constantine, and this podcast series is going to be about the book of Genesis. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to, to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. If you're interested in a deep analysis of the book of Genesis, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy what you hear here, and if you have any questions, you can share, link, and subscribe. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Genesis podcast. Uh, Unfortunately, this is the last chapter of Genesis. This is Genesis chapter 50. If you've been with me the whole time, congratulations. If you've kind of cherry-picked the chapters that you wanted to to listen to, that's okay too. Anyway, uh, this this particular chapter has a lot of changes made by the Joseph Smith translation, so that's what we we will be reading from today. All right, let's get into this. This is uh, the end of uh, Joseph, the end of Jacob. And then uh, the end of Genesis, verse 1. Joseph fell upon his father's face and wept upon him and kissed him. Jacob has just died. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father, and the physicians embalmed Israel. And forty days were fulfilled for him, for so are fulfilled the days of those which are embalmed. And the Egyptians mourned for him threescore and ten days. And when the days of his mourning were past, Joseph spake unto the house of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found grace in your eyes, speak, I pray you, in the ears of Pharaoh, saying, and Joseph is sending a message to speak directly to Pharaoh, a messenger to speak to Pharaoh, since he is wearing mourning clothes, which were not fit to be presented before Pharaoh. My father made me swear, saying, Lo, I die in my grave, which I have digged for me in the land of Canaan. There shalt thou bury me. Now, therefore, let me go up, I pray thee, and bury my father, and I will come again. And Pharaoh said, Go up and bury thy father, according as he made thee swear. And Joseph went up to bury his father, and with him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his house, and all the elders of the land of Egypt. And all the house of Joseph and his brethren and his father's house, only their little ones and their flocks and their herds, they left in the land of Goshen. And there went up with him both chariots and horsemen, and it was a very great company. And they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond Jordan. And there they mourned with a great and very sore lamentation. And he made a mourning for his father seven days. And when the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, saw the mourning in the floor of Atad, they said, This is a grievous mourning to the Egyptians. Wherefore, the name of it was called Abel Mizraim, which is beyond Jordan. And his sons did unto him according as he commanded them. For his sons carried him into the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah, which Abraham bought with the field for a possession of a burying place of Ephron, the Hittite before Mamre. And Joseph returned into Egypt, he and his brethren, and all that went up with him to bury his father after he had buried his father. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. Joseph's brothers are worried that that with Jacob dead, that Joseph will forget his kindness to his brothers, but they don't know Joseph very well. He was genuinely forgiving all that they had done to him. This is going to cause him to mourn that they don't understand him and trust in him. On their return to Egypt, an unworthy suspicion seems to have crossed the minds of Joseph's brethren. What if now that their father was dead, Joseph were to avenge the wrong he had sustained at their hands, but they little knew his heart or appreciated his motives. The bare idea of their cherishing such thoughts moved Joseph to tears. 
even if bitter feelings had been in his heart, was he in the place of God to interfere with his guidance of things? Had it not clearly appeared that whatever evil they might have thought to do him, God meant it unto good, with such declarations and the assurance that he would lovingly care for them and their little ones, he, he appeased their fears. That was by Alfred Edersheim. Verse 16, And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the, of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones, and be comforted them. And he comforted them, and spake kindly unto them. The character and kindness and his forgiveness is an example to all of us. And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house, and Joseph lived an hundred and ten years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation. The children also of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die and go unto my father's, and I go down to my grave with joy. The God of my father Jacob be with you to deliver you out of affliction in the days of your bondage, for the Lord hath visited me. And I have obtained a promise of the Lord that out of the fruit of my loins, the Lord God will raise up a righteous branch out of my loins, and unto thee, whom my father Jacob hath named Israel, a prophet, not the Messiah, who is called Shiloh, and this prophet shall deliver my people out of Egypt in the days of thy bondage. He's talking about Moses. And it shall come to pass that they shall be scattered again, the northern and southern tribes will be scattered, and a branch shall be broken off, this is Lehi's family, and shall be carried into a far country, into the Americas. Nevertheless, they shall be remembered in the covenants of the Lord when the Messiah cometh. In other words, the Savior will visit the Nephites on the American continent. For he shall be made manifest unto them in the latter days. Israel will once again be gathered in the spirit of power and shall bring them out of darkness into light, out of hidden darkness and out of captivity unto freedom. A seer, Joseph Smith, shall the Lord my God raise up, who shall be a choice seer unto the fruit of my loins. Joseph will be a descendant of Joseph. <clears throat> Thus saith the Lord God of my fathers unto me, a choice seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins, and he shall be esteemed highly among the fruit of thy loins. And unto him will I give commandment that he shall do a work for the fruit of thy loins, his brethren. And he shall bring them to the knowledge of the covenants which I have made with thy fathers, and he shall do whatsoever work I shall command him. In other words, he's going to restore the priesthood and translate the Book of Mormon. <clears throat> and I will make him great in mine eyes, for he shall, do all, he shall do my work, and he shall be great like unto him, who, I, who I, I have said I would raise up unto you to deliver my people. In other words, he's going to be great like Moses. O house of Israel, out of the land of Egypt, for a seer will I raise up to deliver my people out of the land of Egypt, and he shall be called Moses, and by this name he shall know that he is of thy house, for he shall be nursed by the king's daughter, and shall be called her son. And I wonder if uh, this prophecy, which may have been written down by Joseph and passed down from generation to generation, became known unto the Egyptians. And so um, I wonder if they had a, this prophecy of a person named Moses that would come forth. Verse, 5, uh, verse 30, And again, a seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins, and unto him will I give power to bring forth my word. In other words, the Book of Mormon, the inspired, inspired version of the Bible, the Doctrine and Covenants, and so on. 
unto the seed of thy loins, and not to the bringing forth of my word only, saith the Lord, but to the convincing them of my word, which shall have gone, which shall have already gone forth among them in the last days. In other words, the Book of Mormon is going to testify to the truth of the Bible. Wherefore, the fruit of thy loins shall write, meaning the Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, and the fruit of the loins of Judah, the Bible, shall write, and that which shall be written by the fruit of thy loins, and also that which shall be written by the fruit of the loins of Judah, shall grow together unto the confounding of false doctrines. The Book of Mormon will prove the truth of the Bible, and laying down of contentions and establishing peace among the fruit of thy loins, and bringing them to a knowledge of their fathers in the latter days, and also to the knowledge of my covenants, saith the Lord. And out of weakness, in other words, Joseph will appear weak in a worldly way, shall he be made strong in that day when my work shall go forth among all my people, which shall restore them who are of the house of Israel in the last days. And that seer will I bless, and they that seek to destroy him shall be confounded. The 116 lost pages of the manuscripts will not overcome the coming forth of the Book of Mormon. For this promise I give unto you, for I will remember you from generation to generation, and his name shall be called Joseph, and it shall be after the name of his father, so Joseph Jr., and he shall be like unto you, for the thing which the Lord shall bring forth by his hand shall bring my people unto salvation. Just like Joseph saved his family in Egypt, so Joseph Smith will save people in the last days from Satan and from spiritual death. And the Lord swear unto Joseph that he would preserve his seed forever, saying, I will raise up Moses, and a rod shall be in his hand, and he shall gather together my people, and he shall lead them as a flock, and he shall smite the waters of the Red Sea with his rod. It is possible that the Egyptians had this prophecy, so when Pharaoh tries to kill small boys, he is trying to get, get rid of Moses before he can grow up. Verse 35, And he shall have judgment, and shall write the word of the Lord. And he shall not speak many words, for I will write unto him my law by the finger of mine own hand, and I will make a spokesman for him, and his name shall be called Aaron. And it shall come to pass, unto, and it shall be done unto thee in the last days also, even as I have sworn. Therefore Joseph said unto his brethren, God will surely visit you, and bring you out of this land, unto the land which he sware unto you, unto Abraham, and unto Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph confirmed many other things unto his brethren, and took an oath of the children of Israel, saying unto them, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died when he was an hundred and ten years old, and they embalmed him, and they put him in a coffin in Egypt. And he was kept from burial by the children of Israel, that he might be carried up and laid in the sepulcher with his father. And thus they remembered the oath which they swear unto him. His coffin was not buried so that they would remember to take his body with them when they leave Egypt in about 400 years from now. Other 54 years did Joseph live in Egypt. He had the joy of seeing his father's blessing commence to be fulfilled. Ephraim's children of the third generation and Manasseh's grandchildren were brought up upon his knees. At the good old age of 110, as he felt death approaching, he gathered his brethren about him. Joseph was full of honors in Egypt. He had founded a family, then which none was more highly placed, yet his last act was to disown Egypt and to choose the lot of Israel, poverty, contempt, and pilgrimage, to renounce the present in order to cleave unto the future. It was a noble act of faith, true like that of his father's. His last words were these, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And his last deed was to take a solemn oath of the children of Israel to carry up his bones with them into the land of promise. In obedience to his wishes, they embalmed his body and laid it in one of those Egyptian coffins, generally made of sycamore wood, which resembled the shape of the human body. And there, through ages of suffering and bondage, stood the figure-like coffin of Joseph, 
ready to be lifted and carried thence when the sure hour of deliverance had come. Thus Joseph, being dead, yet spake to Israel, telling them that they were only temporary sojourners in Egypt, that their eyes must be turned away from Egypt unto the land of promise, and that in patience of faith they must wait for that hour when God would certainly and graciously fulfill his own promise. I know that these things are true. That was uh, the last paragraph was by Alfred Edersheim again. Um, I know that these things are true and that uh, this prophecy that Joseph had of the prophet Joseph Smith has literally been fulfilled in the coming forth of Joseph Smith and the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the kingdom of God upon the earth, that the Book of Mormon is the word of God. And I know that these things are true and say this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for being a part of this Genesis podcast series. Goodbye.